Welcome to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget our YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday also on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Now time for my conversation with Sean Farnham from ESPN. Does a great job as a college basketball analyst. You see him on Get Up on ESPN with Mike Greenberg. And he's a huge wrestling fan, just like you and I. So we'll hear from Sean Farnham now. His thoughts on the world of professional wrestling right here on TWT. Joining me now from ESPN is Sean Farnham. He covers college basketball for ESPN, and yes, he is a huge wrestling fan like you and me. He joins me here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hello, Sean. Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. No problem, man. What a great week uh, for professional wrestling last week, right? A huge week for professional wrestling. A huge. Can you put it in words on how big it was last week? I, I think there's a couple things. One is it's obviously the reemergence of competition, uh, which I think is always a good thing. Uh, and certainly for the WWE, they found that competition in AEW. Uh, and I thought it was a very solid start for AEW, but for, for AEW overall, it's a huge step to have that weekly programming and having Dynamite uh, on TNT. Uh, even a bigger step, I think, is, is having SmackDown on network television every single Friday night, put in a huge rating on Friday night. Uh, and I think there's a lot of expectation and a lot of hype to that. Uh, but certainly, I think as far as a brand marketing goes for AEW and the WWE, I think both would probably claim victory last week. What are your thoughts on SmackDown at Staples Center? Because that experience had to be great. Yeah, I mean, look, what I loved about what they did on Fox was there was limited wasted moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about this. You went to commercial break during the ladder match of Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. And what you saw was Shane McMahon coming off the top dropping the elbow through the table on Kevin Owens. You came back from a a two-and-a-half-minute commercial break, and you saw Shane McMahon laying on a ladder getting frog-splashed by Kevin Owens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so so there was no wasted movement. I thought the speed of the matches overall were excellent. I thought, obviously, the opening was electrifying. I mean, from an environmental standpoint, and I don't use the word electrifying just because it was the rock, (laughs) but I thought the, the compelling... Nature. He reminded us, by the way, why he is by far the greatest to ever step onto the mic in professional wrestling. But more importantly, the chemistry that him and Becky had, the role that Baron Corbin played in that whole thing is to not be overlooked, by the way, because it made for fantastic, compelling television and it, it got the crowd lit. I mean, that was as live as a WWE crowd is I can actually remember in a long period of time. Yeah, and this is because The Rock is out there. The Rock gave the rub to Becky Lynch, which I think is so important, Sean. Look, look, Becky Lynch is getting acclaimed now, not just from the WWE, but you see her on ESPN commercials now. Now she's on different talk shows. It's important for her. But I really think that it was important for The Rock to stand next to Becky because now she has the rub. Now, because it looks like Rocky and Becky know each other, that means a lot to the wrestling community, but I think it means a lot for her moving forward outside of wrestling as well. It just continues to push her more over. I mean, she is a mainstream star now. She is a face or the face of the company. Uh, and, and I think the way that she has handled herself, the way that she... And going back to WrestleMania, and you and I have talked about, I, I, I interviewed her the, the next morning right after she won the title, main eventing WrestleMania on Get Up on ESPN. And how she has that spark, and we always talk about it. 
you know, do you have it? Are you able to relate? Are you able to be someone that people want to stand up and cheer or or boo or just lose their mind over? And she is. When her music pops, people react. And when she steps to the mic, you're waiting to hear what she says. And she's got a little edge to her. She's got a little bit of something extra to her. And I think that going back to your point, we talked about this in the past. I thought after WrestleMania, she kind of got lost a little bit. Mm-hmm as far as the development of her storyline and where she was going. And I think in the last month and a half, that's been regained. And I think in particular in the last week, uh, it's put her right back on the track that she needs to be on for the company. And that helped Corbin too, in a lot of ways too, right? Because Corbin is the king of the ring. They've been pushing him. I think he's had some terrific matches as a heel. I like that. But just being in the same wing with Rock, that helps uh, Corbin too. Right. There's, I mean, look, if it, 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 I think Jonathan Coachman, who, who used to work in the WWE, obviously, and worked with me at ESPN, uh, now does stuff at the Golf Channel, as well as obviously the pre-show, tweeted out something of him dancing on the rock, kicking him in the butt. Some some troll on the internet goes, oh, you're a clown, and blah, blah, blah. He goes, you know what it's like to be, you know, be in the room and be part of a segment that goes over well with the, the greatest entertainer in the world? <laughs> and Now, I'm not saying The Rock is the greatest entertainer in the world, but he's pretty damn entertaining. Um, and... When you're with the elite and you're with the stars, I mean, look, Baron Corbin was the butt of all the jokes and all the funny lines and everything, but he played his part brilliantly, uh, and that only benefits you as you as you are building your character and who you are. How do people relate to you? So much of the storytelling aspect, I think, is that's so important to professional wrestling. I thought all three of those that started off SmackDown the other night should all walk to the back and probably high-five themselves and said, man, we just crushed that. And they did. And that set the tone for the entire evening. So, you know, on social media, there were a lot of people upset about the finish of the of the Kofi Kingston, uh, Brock Lesnar main event. And so, as I mentioned in a previous episode, Sean, it's very interesting. Kofi Kingston never main evented anything as far as uh, major events until he gets to SmackDown on Fox and, then, of course, the seven-second finish. I wasn't uh, When I looked at the clock, it was 52 minutes into the show. I knew it was going to be a short match, but m- people were mad that Kofi only got maybe just a little bit. He got nothing, actually, no offense from Brock. What did you think of the finish of that, just the whole design of that match? Well, I think, look, moving the dial, right? Yeah. You move the dial when you're loved or you're hated. Uh, and I don't think there's been a wrestler in the last five years, at least, that has been more despised by its own fan base than Brock Lesnar. I mean, they just, they, he was a non-fighting champion, he wasn't around, he'd only expect to his events, all those things. He comes out and drops Kofi that quick to me it was all right we're taking the belt for me tonight but there's other stories that we want to develop tonight on our first night on Smackdown so we just kind of need this to go real fast um and we're gonna re-signify the fact that he is the most dominant combative sport athlete of all time as they love to say and we're gonna move forward from your tenure and we're going to push the storyline moving and now and try to take this in a new direction and continue to build hype and expectation as they look forward to what's going to be this Friday show on Fox, which starts the draft process, obviously, uh, for the WWE. But what about Kofi? What about, what, for, what about him? I think for Kofi, it's fine. I mean, look, he had a great run as the champion. It did a lot of good things. Uh, he, got, he got his shot to hold the title. How many people, by the way, have deserved maybe a shot that had never got it? You know, how many people do you think, like, oh, man, they should be the WWE champion? And, like, I mean, Braun Strowman recently comes to mind. 
they, they probably should have put the strap on him once or twice, but by now, at least he's had a couple opportunities where you're like, okay, this is clearly going to be his moment where he's going to end. No, it's not. Kofi had, had his moment, and it was eight months or seven months, whatever it ended up being, which was a really nice run. And I think for him moving forward, it, it, you go back to, to New Day, you kind of reestablish yourself. If you want to go the singles route, is that more of a possibility for him now? Can he go after a different title? Is that something he wants to do? I think there's a lot of a lot of variety that you can work with here. You could have him work with Shinsuke. You know, um, there's there's a lot of different avenues that you can have him work down where he's still going to be a legitimate star in the main roster, just as he was beforehand, just as he was with the title, uh, and just as I think he'll continue to be. So, Sean, at the end of that matchup as Brock wins the championship, so here comes Cain Velasquez going to come down to ringside with Rey Mysterio. Now, I don't know what if people in the Staples Center didn't, if they didn't know who Cain Velasquez is, but you and I... Think I that was the overwhelming, I think that was the overwhelming sentiment, is, was, wait, who's this guy? Yeah. It's not Rey's son. That's who we've seen Rey Mysterio with for like the last month and a half. And you're like, wait, that's wait, that's not his kid. Who is that guy? Right, right. And I think there's a lot of people that had that that kind of belief. Yeah, they're trying to figure out like who is this guy, and I, like you and I know who it was, but I think I'm I'm wondering what the the prevailing theme was. Like, I wonder did people know who Tyson Fury was? Well, I think they knew who Tyson Fury was. I don't think they knew the angle that that was going to take. And obviously that's going to be interesting to see moving forward uh, at the expectations of Crown Jewel between him and Braun Strowman. I think there's a lot of cross-promotion going on right now. And that's okay. Cross-promotion can be a good thing in a short term. uh, But long term, you've got to be careful what you do. I mean, moving forward, I mean, let's just assume that Tyson Fury is, again, cross-promoting to try to get to his fight with Wilder that's coming up, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And... If he goes to Crown Jewel and he beats Braun Strowman, well, what does that mean for Braun Strowman and this whole idea that he is the monster of moment if he drops a match to a boxer in a wrestling ring? Well, right. <laughs> so. so I think that, that, that was, that's the concern for me in that storyline now is for the WWE, like how do you maintain Braun's positioning? while still accomplishing the creativity aspect that you want through a cross-promotion. See, I, I, I don't... See, I understand that we have to follow the money with this, right? This is all Fox because this is great yes, for Fox on... Of course, because it's a joint pay-per-view that's yeah. going to be coming up with Fox and ESPN for Fury Wilder. And I get that, but are you risking your own product to do it? They don't care. They clearly don't care because if they cared, then this was not a. I know that there's money in the match, but they feel like well, Braun's still going to be strong anyway, even if he loses to Tyson Fury. And I don't think that that's that's not really good for his character development for the long haul, Sean. I don't. Right. I mean, especially well, how many times can he lose in a championship match, or how many times can he come up short for a title, uh, even a U.S. title? And continue to be seen as the monster among men, and I think that's the that's the predicament that you're in because I don't think there's a there's there's a guy on the roster right now that gets over quite like Braun does. I mean, he first of all, I thought he was great on the mic last night. Right, Not good. I thought he was fantastic on the mic to really sell this Fury Strowman thing. 
Um, and now the question becomes is uh, you've got a guy that's a beast in the ring that's so athletic that can do such a variety of things. He's clearly over with everybody. And now his mic skills continue to only improve and get better and better to the point where he can jump in the ring with one of the best talkers in professional boxing and outshine him on the mic and seem like the guy that was far more comfortable, far more aggressive, far more understanding of where the situation was and where, what they're trying to accomplish. You don't want to you don't want to lose that steam. You do not want to lose that steam. I think if you're the WWE, if you're one of the one of the many wrestlers in the back, aren't you pissed off that the money is going elsewhere or you're not in those spots? I mean, that's that's tough. Three hundred days on the road, and yet you have a couple of guys coming in that's going to be here for a payday, and then you're just kind of left behind. It's too bad. But, but that's happened before. Uh, but I think the big thing moving forward. I, I think we've touched on this before. Uh, I think Drew McIntyre has got to get a huge push. Soon. Yes. Yes. Soon, uh, because he's ready. And uh, I think a guy like Kevin Owens and what he just went through with Shane McMahon and the latter match, he's ready to have a belt back on him right now. And he's putting on a show. Like, you've got you to gotta put your investment into those guys. Um, and, and Braun Strowman would be another one of those guys. I don't like the Lana, Bobby Lashley, Rusev <laughs> thing. It's, it's, it's really like... It, it is the Attitude Era, which I get. A lot of people want the Attitude Era back. I'm yeah. not sure if that's the aspect of the Attitude Era that they want back. Um, because, you know, they, they've, and they've kind of done the storyline in the past already with Dolph Ziggler and Summer Rae. And, like, we've, we've seen, like, this kind of love triangle-type storyline play out in numerous different roles uh, with different people and with even now some of the same people. Uh, and you just wonder, what is the end result and what are we trying to get at? here for Rusev going forward uh, and obviously Bobby Lashley moving forward. I think we know what's going on in Paul Heyman's life. I think that's why we're seeing this come out of the... I think it's pretty clear. I think that, that whether it's him or his friends, somebody's fetish is being tickled with this because it's not going to make any money, Sean. That doesn't... No. It makes zero money. I'm not going it to the arena to see that. Either. No. That's, that's the thing. It just came so far out of left field with no even hint of dissension. I mean, if you were going to do something like this, you could show Lana starting to get upset with Rusev and start that storyline to develop and lead into this, this moment where she's leaving him or something like that then i think that becomes more believable but just you know random music hits comes out starts making out with another wrestler and then the following week is in bed with another wrestler i think that becomes very much so like wait what are we doing here where are we going with this one <laughs> i just I, I i a lot of their creative is a head scratcher it really is i don't well even going to the finish at, at hell in the cell uh and the development of the fiend and and all this aspect i think i think that's got a little bit of a bad rap but I understand the frustration of the people that were in attendance in Sacramento. Yes, um, that's that's on my that's on my list, Sean. Because I was going to ask you. First of all, I didn't know Sacramento can get that angry. That's number one. But number two, just uh, there's a lot, and I don't mean a little. I don't mean like a minority of people. There's a ton of people, a ton of shows like this one that's really pissed at that that finish because it was a non-finish. It was just a, a bizarre non-finish. And guess what? I think the WWE also knows it's screwed up because if you noticed on Raw, you didn't see Seth or The Fiend. Yep. Well, and, and I, I would tell you that I think that it's – the idea of giving it back to the fans and the idea of, of, of everything from WrestleMania was WrestleMania was to super serve the fans, right? right? I mean, if you go back and you look at the results, everybody that if you were a fan, you said, I want that guy to win. They won. 
I want that. I want Becky to win. Becky wins. I want you know. I, I want Brock Lesnar not to have the title. First match, Brock Lesnar loses the title. Boom. Right. Like everything was about super feeding the fans. I think last on last Sunday, I think they missed the boat on feeding the fans. And I think that the most important aspect out of that is okay. You develop this character that seems to be so frightening, so dominating that, that could really. That really is getting over and making headways and creativity-wise was, I think, has been a huge positive. And this is the opportunity to put the strap on Bray and The Fiend and allow this ring of terror to kind of take over the WWE and move forward into basically the Royal Rumble and into WrestleMania season. I, I think that it was a missed opportunity. I think it'll be corrected in the near future. I, I I hope so because it's gonna put a lot of you. you what you should have done is just put the heat on the referee for him to explain. They didn't do that this past Monday night on Raw. You didn't see Rollins. It's almost like uh, oh okay, this is a Jedi mind trick that didn't happen. We're just gonna give you a little package and then we're gonna move forward. It was uh, it it just wasn't put together well it, for what I thought was a B plus pay per view. I thought they did very well that show. Well, and and I thought Becky and Sasha were phenomenal. That was the main event. Right, I mean, and, and that's and that is where you've gotten to. I think in the WWE, and you talk about the women's evolution or revolution or whatever you want to call it, is when they can put on that quality of match. I mean, it was stop the show right there. The night's already been stolen, and it set. The good news is this: I always think your first match has got to set the tone. That's why I wasn't thrilled with the first match on AEW on Wednesday, right? Um, because I just thought it didn't do anything for anybody. Um, and I thought it was slow in pace, uh, and I've seen Cody Cody wrestle a lot, and I think he's with a better competition and a better talent. He can really do a lot of great things in the ring. Uh, I don't think that match sold him the way that it should have, um, and I think it, I think that was part of my problem with the AEW development on Wednesday was okay, like kind of slow. And what, where's can we get Sean Spears? Where's Sean Spears? All right, when's Johnny Moxley going to show up and do something? Like you know where like. And not just because I, I taught the kid when he was in the fifth grade in PE, but Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are way over, and they weren't even part of the show. Right. So I, I thought the AEW swung and missed on a couple of things that they could have really hammered, uh, and they didn't. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what week two looks like, because obviously the WWE played chess a little bit by making the announcement that Finn Balor is, is going to be NXT. I know we're just talking about very small numbers now because it's not the Monday Night Wars where you're looking at fours versus threes, Sean. But I'm interested in finding out how the WWE looks at NXT in 2020. Meaning, I wonder does Vince look at AEW and say, boy, these 10,000-seat basketball arenas are sold out everywhere they go, AEW. Do we need to go in bigger arenas? I, I like NXT for where they are in full sale, but I'm wondering what Vince thinks of this size when it comes to NXT versus AEW fans well the question becomes this is how much will they move from the main roster down to continue to elevate that product because they have a good collection obviously of guys right now that I think that if you brought up to the main roster people would love and enjoy watching um, at, at X, NXT that could be at the WWE and, and be stars uh, if given the right push or the right storylines to develop themselves, right? right? So now if you bring guys like Finn Balor back, if you can bring uh, one or two other guys back down that maybe have been overlooked or have not, have just not 
establish their presence at, at the WWE roster, but you love who they are as a as a wrestler, the storyteller, and things like that. It just hasn't worked with the creative aspect, and they can kind of hit a reset there. I think that benefits their brand and then would allow them to expand out. But I don't think you want to expand too much because if it doesn't succeed, right, then it looks worse. Are your kids? That's that's where you got to pay attention. Sean, are your are your kids afraid of the fiend, or are they good with the fiend? Uh, my son, who's eight years old, will literally run out of the room <laughs> as soon as the screen goes dark. <laughs> He's eight years old. He wants no part of it. Um, I was going to dress up like him for Halloween. Oh. Uh, and my my youngest was like, "You can't, Dad. I'll be too scared." And I, I believe isn't that the reaction that they're trying to get? Yes, 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 they are. I was concerned about that because you know, big red cage, dark, uh, dark arena, and then that mask. That's gotta he be left. left the room. Left the room. Could not watch it. <laughs> like I'm good, Dad. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play Fortnite on my Switch. Okay. Good luck, kid. <laughs> Dad's gonna watch this. I'm sure you wouldn't like the finish either, with the the blood coming out of Seth Rollins' mouth. Probably not. Probably not going to be one of those things that he wanted to see. But you hung in there, though. You didn't. You didn't run out of the room. You're okay. Oh, I didn't run out of the room. I'm not scared of the scene. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one, Sean. I'm just telling you, it's a tough character to watch if you're a kid. Oh yeah, no doubt. I I don't disagree with you at all. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I know that you are, are active on social media uh, and and watching what's going on in wrestling, Sean. It's. It's it's something, man. I went through and looked at all of the wrestling, like day after day. There's something for everybody every day. Wrestling's in a really good position right now. It's in a really good position, and it's in a really good position. Let's not forget because of the tremendous athletes that are competing. I mean, when you watch Sasha and Becky, you understand uh, they're they're legit. When you watch uh, even the finish, which I thought was actually really good to AEW the other night, I thought the, the final 15 minutes was really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you're watching what they do, and, and then you realize there's a lot of guys we didn't even get a chance to see. You, you realize the product's going to be really strong over there. When you watch NXT, it's the same thing. When you see uh, SmackDown and you're watching that ladder match, whether you like Shane O'Mac or not, that was an unbelievable uh, match to watch. Uh, and to witness because those two guys threw it all on the line and did not care. And that's what makes professional wrestling fun. It's the compelling stories, it's the great athleticism, uh, and it's the power and strength that they are able to bring. And I think I think the sport overall and sports entertainment is in a, is in a great spot moving forward. And the network television avenue is going to continue to benefit uh, the WWE and the emergence of, of Dynamite applies pressure. Uh, and that's something that the WWE hasn't had in a while, and that pressure is a good thing. Sean, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for coming on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. No problem. I can't wait to do it again. And uh, as we get set for Crown Jewel and we get all fired up uh, for for AEW, see what round two is going to look like on Wednesday. Really great to catch up with Sean Farnham. Yes, that's Sean Farnham who does analysis for college basketball on ESPN. And you see him on Get Up on uh, weekday mornings with Mike Greenberg from time to time and a huge wrestling fan as you can hear from our conversation. Great to talk to Sean. Really does a great job breaking it down as a wrestling fan just like you and just like me. All right. Unless there's breaking news, <laughs> you never know, right? It's professional wrestling. We will come back and talk to you coming up on the 15th of October. 
for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Don't forget to check out the YouTube page. I need your support on the YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And, of course, follow along on Twitter at WrestlingTWT as well as on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Professional wrestling, I'm covering it right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people, Jonathan Hood's Talking Wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'll talk to you soon. A little mid-Atlantic. Here we go. Absolutely.